Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello there, everyone. I'm Ben Roy from What Culture, and this is the podcast of What Culture Gaming. I'm joined today by Scott. Hello. Hello. And Josh. Hiya. And yeah, today we're in the month of spookiness because, you know, it's Halloween. So I thought, um, we all thought that we'd just chat about some horror games that we would recommend over this period, really. And I, you know what? I just want, I want Josh to start off and just go in there, right in there with your first pick and let us know Ooh. what would you recommend the listeners slash viewers slash people that are maybe reading a transcript what they should be playing this halloween <laughs> well it's um it's provisional because i've not finished it yet i'm slowly making my way through it but it's this little game called darkwood and it's this top-down um survival game essentially it's kind of like okay. don't starve if don't starve was played really straight and was really scary it blends like some really good elements of lovecraftian kind of horror with some really kind of intense body horror stuff which is even more impressive considering the graphics are like you know the most simple things in the world it's yeah when you showed most... me i was like i can't I'm, i i struggle to get on board with this being terrifying but it, well, i guess it's atmospheric this yeah. is it this is the thing obviously you know this is a podcast so we're not gonna have any footage on here but if you go searching for this game you'll see that it's a like got a very basic kind of like graphical style and usually when it comes to like those um sort of 2d top-down or side-scroller horror games i'm not usually that invested because i think the same thing i'm like well this isn't gonna scare me i can't get scared by these visuals this game has completely proven me wrong. Even in the first hour, like it packs so many surprises and so many kind of like tense set pieces. And it is so simplistic. Yet that works in its favor. Like it's all done through suggestion and kind of like these excellent effects that are on screen. And I don't want to really spoil any of the scares, but it is surprisingly atmospheric, surprisingly effective. And the gameplay itself kind of like contributes to that because it's, it's a survival game. So during the day you're going out, you kind of like, trying to solve the mystery of what's going on while also gathering enough supplies so you can come back to your base at night and fortify it because the the main beasties come at you um at night time but it's this really neat and um, little game it's quite cheap i think and i would definitely recommend it it's got so many like unique little flares to it for for instance even though it's top down and you can see the whole map you can't really because you have a corner vision that mm. sort of lights directly where you can see which means yeah. there can still be kind of things lurking in your periphery so when you're walking through and you can it's kind of just the pt thing where you're walking forward you can see that there's nothing there in front of you in this corner vision 
but you can hear things sort of like skirting around you. When you turn around to look, there's nothing there. You might catch a glimpse of something just on the edge of the light, like running away. And it uses the simplicity of its kind of like setup to, to just like tremendous effect. And I'm, I'm really excited to get back to it and play it. I've been saving it for the spooky month. But yeah, Darkwood, that's my first um, recommendation. I need to ask, how did you, how do you find that? Because I remember when you busted out Pathologic 2 and I couldn't get any yeah. other words and numbers out of you other than Pathologic 2 <laughs> for like a solid month where it was like, lads, it's Pathologic 2. And we were like, what is I, this thing? Now I, you're wish, in I wish I could remember the um, YouTube channel I was watching at the time, but it, I was essentially watching this video on Lovecraftian horror games and about how a lot of um, video games just don't get Lovecraft right. And the person who made it recommended this because it's not a straight adaptation but it has a lot of the same themes and elements and as soon as i saw like their two minute kind of like spiel and i thought yes i need to try that for myself and i went out and bought it so i, I really wish i could remember the channel but this was like months ago <laughs> it's yeah. the only video of theirs i watched but really good wow. should definitely watch that if you're also a fan of uh uh horror well, you've sold me on that already just by the explanation of it. Because, like, I'm like you, I don't really get scared by that sort of stuff. I think I got a little scared from Don't Starve just because I didn't want to starve. I was thinking that. But, yeah. Of course. But, um, yeah. But I've heard literally nothing about this. So it's nice that you just come in there with a, an extreme, like, left foot, like, oh, by the way, Darkwood. <laughs> and it's, it's so weird how we always, like, lean on to, like, realistic sort of looking graphics and sort of feel in, like, first person to f- actually feel the horror. Like, I think that all basically came in so hard at us when um, Slender came out. And then mm. after mm. that, that sort of became the genre of horror forever, it feels like. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's nice to get these, like, different feels of just, you know, something that isn't the sort of, like, I've got no weapons and I've got the camera in my face and I'm really scared. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not first person that, stuff, like... yeah. Yeah, like uh, so much of horror, especially after Amnesia, you know, rightly kind of like followed that trend of being first person, attempting kind of photorealism or aiming for a realistic aesthetic, depending on the budget they have. But I remember like to some free games that I've played, you know, on the computer that are so simplistic, like have no budget whatsoever, yet are so effective, like, because they do interesting things. Like I remember, it's probably an overdone gimmick now, but like 10 years ago when I played the first horror game on my computer that closed the game down and opened up like a file directory and like popped something up. I remember being absolutely terrified (laughs) and that's just like a basic experience, you know what I mean? So I do have this strange prejudice against horror games that aren't like the regular photorealistic sort of high graphic mold. But that's, it's, it's, a, it's a thing I'm trying to get out of because, you know, it, based on that kind of like idea, horror novels wouldn't work, you know what I mean? And I yeah. feel like, you know, there, there's so much scope in the genre and it's kind of a bit silly of me to just um, get all of that off when you have great experiences like this that I might have just not given a chance, you know. I thought as well, ago. Mr. JB's always about the 4Ks and the HDRs. So usually you're all like, ah, yeah. I don't really, not bother about the old pixels, the old anything that's less than, <laughs> you know, 50,000 polygons in Nathan Drake's face. But it's good to, this is good to come out. I think development, mate. That's what it is. He's getting there. He's getting there. <laughs> and, and from this really like this sort of left field pick that Josh's to <laughs> my basic one, which is in your face horror with Resident Evil seven. And yes. yeah, I'm going back through that, this, this spooky month because uh, all the games seem to have like been uh, gone back to sleep. I've like been squadrons and crash four. I'm taking that easy. Like in the mornings, like, you know, Saturday mornings, like a kid, whatever. But, um, 
Resident Evil 7 going through that, trying to get the old platinum and just encountering the Bakers and Jack and the atmosphere of that game and being so powerless towards the beginning. Uh, just think about the... Like, I looked back at the trophies uh, when I first beat it back in uh, 2017. It took me uh, just about a month to beat that game. Like I would play that game so slowly with um, my girlfriend at the time and like, I, I couldn't imagine not playing without her then because I was just like... I found it really hard to play like Slender when it first came out. I had to play that with a friend because think about horror games ruined me. Like I barely, I barely had to play like PT on my own at one point. I had to play it in the bright sunlight because I couldn't do that in the dark. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Resident Evil 7, I think it's that perfect blend of you're powerless and also you're strong at the same time. You can sort of defend yourself, but also Ethan moves like he's walking through Blamange the whole time. <laughs> and that, that actually really started to annoy me. It was like, why am I so slow? Yeah, but I just think you're to... trying to take on uh, Mr. What you... the main big dude yeah. as well. Yeah, Jack. I just wanted to know what you two thought of the game. Like, are you two can ever consider going back to this, or have you thought Don't about it since? The Resident Evil Seven, I thought was like the 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 best one since four. Like, uh, not that it's that high of a, a bar kind of thing to clear. Like, obviously, five was starting to be divisive, and then six was massively divisive. Unless you're Josh Brown, but I still thought that like <laughs> Resident Evil Seven was just so tight. And I remember just going through and thinking like, this will be a perfect film. Like, the pacing of it's so good. Like the building, like the buildup kind of has this manhunt feel of like you're the prey at the beginning, you're on the back foot, and then you slowly start getting weapons and you start learning the layouts and you get you get more comfortable in that house, um, and then you're able to take on. Like Jack Baker, and for me, it goes a little bit too crazy at the end when like he mutates into that giant oily thing with like the big becomes Resident face. Evil. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, we should have one of these big fights, but at least there wasn't like a, a jet in it like there was in RE6. But I just thought um, I thought it went a bit too nuts at the end because they had such a great tone beforehand. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love all the um, the pacing of it and the payoff and everything. Did you guys play the DLC? Because I never went back to that stuff. I have actually played the um, the end of Zoe and the also I'm not hero because they're the mm. two like major story bits. Like so far, the I'm not hero is the furthest in like the Resident Evil canon. Like bringing Chris, he gets players him, and uh, uh, I won't spoil it. Do some other shenanigans, and that was also free. Uh, the end of Zoe is also good and different and interesting because you play as Jack Baker's brother. I right. can't remember his exact name, and you don't shoot you you just knock out with your fists <laughs> the goo monsters like you're condemned. just yeah you're just decking things the whole time and punching them and then you get a, you get a power glove halfway through that and you charge up <laughs> and you actually are using a power glove to destroy all these did anybody talk monsters. about this at all there's a it's, there's a chronicles of riddick condemned style resident evil dlc and I, I see you you do fight a certain character at the end. I don't know if I should say it out loud because like, it changes how Resident Evil set. It changes how the game actually ends because it's still mm. further on. And I don't mind fight, unless Josh does. There's been a long time since that came out. Oh, see, for me with the DLC, I've always <laughs> said I'll go back to it, but it's right. been like three years now. We all tell people to go so check it out as well. If, if you don't want me to say it, Josh, I won't say it. Like, but um, that yeah, fight when you. That fight when you have that and you, and because um, I can't remember Jack's brother, but he's like standing sort of like a southern sort of hick voice and he's always making quips. And he's never scared, but I was scared playing it as, as you're knocking out these, these um, almost swore there, goo monsters <laughs> the whole time. And then power gloving this guy at this thing at the end. I'm just like, what am I doing, man? That sounds great. That sounds like the right level of like sort of campy and quirky that I want out of Resident Evil. Like I want it to embrace yeah. that stuff to a certain degree. I haven't touched the band footage stuff yet. I'm going to play that after a plan in the game but yeah the i'm not hero is set afterwards and then the end of zoe is actually set after that so 
um it also proves which ending you should have used you know the two mm. endings so it also defines which one you should have gone for mm-hmm. i've always been interested to go back to it because um even though i loved it at the time i've only ever played resident evil 7 in vr i've never played it just as a game which oh. is kind of weird but yeah. every single time i do try to play it as a game i think well i could be playing it in vr and i have this horrible circle where i'm like what do i do so mm. i just sit down and actually try to smash it out because it was such a good experience obviously i'm here to shill the play PlayStation VR, but it genuinely was like you're not actually being paid by. But that sounds like you're being paid by them. You're not. You're oh, not, not being paid. Being paid. <laughs> I, 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 I wish Scott Tillman. I wish I, I would get the PlayStation not. VR too. But uh, no, I, like it is genuinely it was just a scary experience. And like Ben Roy, I had to had I had to have someone there with me. Otherwise, I don't know what I would have done. I wouldn't have been able to hack yeah. it on my own because it's unbelievably spooky when you're in there, like doing the Marguerite section in particular. I remember that being absolutely. <laughs> pant-wettingly, you know, you terrifying. The, the big old spider vagina coming at you as well. Yeah. 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 Spider Vag in in <laughs> VR man, like you don't want the it. Spider Man villain. Yeah, I, I can't wait to have to do that fight in Madhouse. It's gonna be disgusting. But yeah, those two DLCs. I I, I can't speak for Banfitch, but I think I not Hero is free and End of Zoe is on sale with the rest of them. I highly recommend uh, playing them and playing the whole game. But Scott, I want to know what your first pick of this spooky game podcast is. I have a thing that its name shall rarely be mentioned because hardly any of us have it anymore. It's one of the rarest horror games i'm just gonna go with pt and um, because i still have that i had it on the original ps4 i kept the file after it got discontinued and then i got a ps4 pro and i carried it across and i don't i don't know what the rules were but i remember people saying that it wasn't supposed to carry across but i still have it i don't know how it works but it does um, and if i go on it it works um but yeah pt for me is hands down the scariest experience of the entire generation like something that i think was bolstered by the fact that we didn't know what the hell it was um i love that they just sort of announced it as part of like a um it was a showcase conference thing and it was like oh hey there's this teaser why don't you go check it out whatever and we didn't know what we were going in for um, and then slowly realizing that it was kojima and Guillermo del toro and then it was norman reedus at the end and then it was silent hills but like all the the experience of going through that you talk about like kojima experiences there's nothing else like them um and just repeating that same section of corridor over and over again the different secrets that came out of it the messages on the wall the letters that changed depending on which way you look at it um, and all the secrets and stuff um, and then like the body in the fridge and the sit on the ceiling and the creature thing yeah. looking over the banister i love pt so much that i think that even though i don't know if you guys would class it as a game like a full game like game of the air type thing because we didn't in 2014 uh, on the site it didn't get to be in the top 10 even though it was the best game experience of that year uh, and i think like, games of the generation it'll be in the top 10 for me anyway I think you can kind of class it as a game now. I think we've sort of changed how games are sort of defined, especially like early access stuff. Like if something comes out on early access this year and it was mm. good enough, we would class it, I think, for most of the part. But it's in my top 100 games of all time, so I'm classing it as a real game now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I couldn't play that game in the daytime. I, I mean, nighttime, I had to play it in the day. And like my, my two housemates at the time wouldn't play, sit there even because they saw this thing and say. No, <laughs> but um, I it's just one of those ones that like I'm so sad that I lost it when I switched from my pitiful, tiny, pathetic 500 gig hard drive, and now I'm on a <laughs> two terabyte beast, and I'm just yeah. like. It, it almost doesn't feel worth it. Like, I just wish I could go back to that game because I would have, and I would have tried to finish how it's obscure and how shouting Jareth into a microphone and all this other <laughs> nonsense that you've got to do. Like it's so weird. And I love the fact that still no one knows the exact combination of ways to beat that game. I don't know. About no, you, 
And it's yeah. like even um, the uh, Mary, I think it's, she's called Mary, the, the ghost thing that appears like behind you at random times, even when they did the out of boundary break video and they realized that the way that that thing's coded is that it's behind you at all times and yeah. it's just going to randomly trigger the cutscene where it grabs you. Like even the fact that it's behind you at all times, like even the fact that there's an extra dimension to horror that you get by breaking the game is just like, it's just so it's good. Crazy. Like, yeah, you have this sort of such a short experience that's made such an impact. And like, I'm with you guys, I would definitely class it as like a full game because I've had more scares <laughs> in a better time with this short playable teaser than I have had with some, you know, big budget, highly praised um, yeah. horror games. And the fact that it does keep having all of these secrets that get revealed years after the fact, there's a proper like scary mythology around it that's just so interesting to dive into like even though the majority of people can't play it now because it's inaccessible i feel like you could still have a good time going back to old videos of people going through walkthroughs or jump into kind of like the secrets that it holds mm. and that's still like worth doing there's still a lot of value to be had in there and i have a playstation in my um, bedroom under my bed that's been gathering dust for like five years and the only, only reason I don't sell it is because PT is on there. Like, I can't get <laughs> oh. rid of it. I could m make some money, put it towards the next-gen machine, but that would be giving up PT. And I'm just, I'm not emotionally there yet. I can't quite mm -hmm. sever those ties. I've got to keep it under the bed just in case I want to bust it out one Halloween. That's you know what? I, was, I was gonna just quickly add on that I love the um, the story side of it too that they do sort of tease the idea of this guy that like a middle yeah. his family and that's the whole fetus thing that like, there's more to it than just the L-shaped repeating stuff but it's great all around what I want to now try is that the fact that you managed to move yours over to the PlayStation Pro Scott mm -hmm. one day I'm just gonna appear at your door with a hard drive like give me pretty <laughs> I want it because um, on the download list, I haven't removed it. It's always like, cannot download. And I just see PT every time I go to the mini bit there. I'm just like, oh. I did the thing, uh, if it helps. I did the thing, if anyone else is doing this, where um, I just connected both my consoles with an Ethernet cable and then uh, and did it that way. I don't know if that helps with it having to like sync with the cloud and then back down to the next system. Um, I, I, I totally switched hard drives. So like, that mm. hard drive was then destroyed and put into a case. And then I sold that sort <laughs> of Anything thing. Anything where so. it has to like ping the storefront, it seems to error out because it can't find the file anymore. Like even when I went to play it the other day and I went on it, um, it brings up the store page, which doesn't exist anymore. So you have the yeah. option to hit start and everything else is blank and it just says, come back soon. And it's like, there's nothing there. Maybe because my account registered it if I just moved it from a hard drive to another, that might work. Who knows? Like, mm -hmm. if, if that ever does work, then that would be probably the way to go. But I guess, um, unless any of you would like any of our more PT memories, then we should move on to Josh's next thing. Just one more thing. And it's like, part of me, right, as much as I would love Silent Hills to have been a thing, part of me loves that PT is almost like this lost game. It almost <laughs> adds to the horror, you know what I mean? It makes yeah. it seem like the ring, you know what I mean? Like, the like if you were there, you were there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like this forbidden game that like no one's allowed to play, but if you you kind of like have memories of it and then that kind of like, gets passed down like a folklore thing. Yeah. It's such a weird phenomenon, but I do, part of me does love that stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's also it's like so unique. There's only so many copies of it out there in the world yeah. because they're not making any more of them. It's not digitally available. So it's like this rare artifact that you could go on a quest to like, you know, access somehow. It's great. Totally. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. It's just, it, it was actually a, a moment in time. It was so early on in the PlayStation 4 lifespan that it almost feels forgotten now by, especially mm. by, it feels like we've had like a new wave of people playing games coming into like onto the internet and just never, never have touched it. But yeah, um, Josh, I want to know what your second game was. Um, again, I'm trying to, I was trying to think outside the box. To be honest, I was just trying to show off with all of these games. Of course. This next one isn't exactly a straight horror, but it has a lot of horror themes and did scare me and get me to think. And that's um, Kentucky Route Zero, which is a game I know Scott has dabbled in. And uh, Benjamin we both um, has played a lot. Yeah, and uh, I, I um, had no interest in this game because it's been in production. It's like an episodic release. It's been in production since 2013, I think. And we've had like uh, five episodes of it with a few um, extras added in. And I just kind of, again, bought it on a whim because I saw it featured in a YouTube video and I thought, okay, I'll give this a try. And it's not like straight horror and it's like this lovely 2D um, adventure game, but it, 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 it dwells on kind of really existential themes and some straight horrific scenes later on that kind of reminds me of something like, you know, like Twin Peaks where there's some kind mm. of like dark humor there, but it's, it's, it's like this surreal sort of journey across America. Essentially, it's about this um, man who has one final delivery to make for his antique store and he needs to get to, I think it's Five Dogwood Drive. And the whole game is about you trying to get there but obviously it's not quite as straightforward as that. And you have all of these um, kind of like magical realism things where you're on this highway, the zero that kind of bends space and time and everyone just kind of like takes this at face value. But uh, it's such like a beautiful game, just like visually, but the way it sort of plays with conventions, there is this one um, like kind of, 
it's between chapter thing where you're watching a play that of of things that actually happen in the game, but it's it's in the setup is so strange and kind of like so meta that it, it becomes like scary, you know what I mean? Like these these people are kind of they're real, but they're not. You exist in a space that doesn't also really exist. And it's it dives into like some deeply like human things, like human connections and stuff, and like jumps into alcoholism and kind of like grief and stuff like that. And it all creates this kind of like whirlwind of um emotion and stuff that can be deeply unnerving at times like the way the visuals present some of these or manifest and personify some of these issues is like it's like spooky and it's mm-hmm. creepy and it's unnerving mm-hmm. and it even though it's not necessarily a horror game like i said like playing it properly unnerved me and got to me to the point where i was like thinking about it in bed you know what i mean it kind of like gets under your skin in a way mm-hmm. uh and i would i would definitely definitely recommend at least trying it it takes a little while to get into before you know exactly what it's doing like mm-hmm. i didn't properly get on board until about episode three but once i was on board i was like this is the best thing ever this is absolutely I, awesome i i need to get there because i like i've played this game like three times i've started this game three times and i don't i want to play it i want to get through it and I, it sounds great but i just keep falling asleep and i don't even realize that i'm falling asleep <laughs> i just wake up again and then i'm just like oh it's just, oh oh it happened again and then i'm just like oh my like characters walking into a wall and it's like three hours later and i'm like oh i, I guess my body didn't want to play that then and i'm just like i'll try something else like back to rocket league i guess like, um, but i, I want to get there though that's like that's like it's almost like a scene from the actual game itself that like you just sort of <laughs> nodding off and waking up and not knowing where you are yeah. it kind of like you know night in the woods you know how that kind of like, oh, I love in, like yeah like like those themes of kind of like this town like kind of that was once prosperous like kind of going under because it's just been like ground down all the industries dried up these characters are kind of like listless and they're mm. not really sure about what to do with their life it takes almost that exact framework but then explodes it in this kind of like more surreal presentational style and more surreal kind of like writing and characters and stuff and for me i was like that's awesome i love night in the woods i love that entire kind of like concept it's um jumping into but if you attach that onto this kind of like lynchian you know twin peaksy style kind of um magical realism thing i was just like yeah Yes, I am Sounds in. So I am definitely in. Benoit, did you you started right? I think I've not touched it. It's just okay. when, the, the name attracts me because Kentucky is still one of the first words of my favorite food. So you know, like, like <laughs> I I just like oh yes, thematic connection. Should I get the double down today? But no, I've not. I've seen any of it. And I this is another one where that both these games that you've described, Josh, is like actually encouraged me to maybe want to take a look and have a little peek and see what's going on there I'm so going I was like, i'm gonna i'm gonna shot some caffeine and i'm gonna stay awake for i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm gonna twit, do the the clockwork orange uh toothpicks or whatever, <laughs> it's got a beautiful Jerry soundtrack song. as well scott i think that's what'll get you in like mm. the music does so much of the emotional heavy lifting and it's like it's one that i've had on in the background as well that's not got anything to do with the horror of it that's just why it's good good soundtrack yeah good soundtrack wow <laughs> but yeah I'd, Again, like the the, tre- the treasure trove you've brought along, um, I'm not going to go for so much of a basic one this time. I'm going to go for one that scared me more as a child and I think would still be scary for a few people today is a little classic called Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Now, there's like two um, two versions, maybe three if you count, because like the Xbox, the original Xbox, the PS2 and the PC version were all a bit different. But mm. I played the PC version primarily as a kid. And starting off that game as BJ Blazkowicz in Castle Wolfenstein captured, uh, you get these sort of cutscenes where you can hear someone shh, 
shrieking like and you're like oh my god what's happening as these nazi scientists are testing on humans and you're just sort of stuck in the prison and -hmm. when you break out it's kind of like the music sort of eerie and you're sort of creeping around and uh comically when you knife it's like not just like that it's like the the, the knife is and it makes a really weird whooshing sound please put that in a compilation (laughs) (laughs) but um it's as you break out the castle and then you get to the village below and you go into sort of the crypt where it starts to get even more freaky. These, um, these are, I don't know if you call them zombies are sort of like re like undead skeletons, but they've also, they've got like shields and swords as well. And they also creep out and you can, they can summon ghost skulls mm. and it's all like the music and like the, the underlying sort of like fear of dread that sort of builds up and mist around this crypt as you're going through and you, you can see these nuts, some of these Nazis hold, like making last stands and just getting decimated by these ghouls you're going through. And it only builds and builds and builds till you know, you make up out the other side into a church area and it's dark and creepy there, but I won't go to like why that was ter- terrifying. And then it skips ahead and you've got like a lot of standard sort of like first person shooters of like the early 2000s. And then you go into what they call the X Labs. Mm. which is totally my stuff here when you go in there and it's a it's a a nazi research base like hidden underground Mm -hmm. and they've been using what they found in this crypt to try and make super soldiers and those super soldiers have gone wrong and there's these things called the x creations where like imagine you took brock lesnar or some other muscly muscly men are also available batista you cut cut off his legs and he runs around on his hands like a monkey and jumps at you and where his torso where his legs would be there's like an electric electro shock sort of bottom and if they hit the floor they shock the whole room and they launch you and jump at you and you've got other super soldiers with massive guns and there's a lot of that sort of stuff occult stuff that was always rumored that the nazis were looking into and combine mm-hmm. that with sort of the sci-fi element and like sort of like an x-files sort of thing like all of that together it just was a perfect mesh for me and terrified me that's I what I was going to ask is like the newer Wolfenstein has obviously got more like action, action oriented. Like yeah. not that they weren't before, but like the stuff you described sounds really atmospheric and like they're building up to something and paying off like that. They lost that altogether in, in the newer ones. Yeah, they, they kind of tried to do that with the old blood. There's part of that, mm. zo- that zombie section. But that was, again, it, that, something about that just didn't jive with me. Those zombies always felt a bit too strong and you didn't really feel sort of like restrained because he was outside. But going into the crypt and going into like the X-Labs, mm-hmm. like both of those sections were something worse. Like I had to be like, I had to hype myself. And go, Here we go. Sort of thing. <laughs> just had to get myself ready for it mentally. Mm-hmm. Ben Roy, I do want to know, like jumping off that, is the old blood, is it the old blood? Yes, yes, mm-hmm. the old yeah. blood. Is that worth going back to? Because that was the DLC that I just sort of overlooked at the time. I played around a friend's house for like 20 minutes and I was like, yeah. that's my fill. But I've always wanted to go back to it because I love um, Wolfenstein, the, the latest two games. But I do like it when it gets more into the um, like the horror and like the more kind of occulty side of it. Because I mm-hmm. love the um, like more cyberpunk aesthetic of, or I guess, you know, steampunk aesthetic. More, that's mm. probably more accurate of the uh, of the modern games, but I quite like the supernatural leanings of the older games, at least in theory. You know what I mean? If you don't have a way of playing Castle, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, which I assume is going to come to Game Pass now, the original Xbox version at some point, oh, you've got yeah. to pray Phil Spencer come on. But yeah, like that, it, that just feel like the Castle Wolfenstein, the Return to Castle Wolfenstein DLC for that game, and it was like a nice sort of like a march to it. If you're looking for sort of like what Wolfenstein uh, the New Order gave you, but with a bit more of a horror occult twist, then I'd say, yeah, go for it. Like, mm-hmm. but I, I always have to hold Return up there as like the, the peak of that sort of occult 
uh, weird uh, sort of like Nazi horror stuff. Nice. I'm have to try and track it down. I've never actually played that one. You know, I've never actually mm. dove into it. Like the, mm. it's so weird when it comes to first person shooters and like horror, because sometimes they can get it like really spot on, but you know, if it's weird, like Doom Eternal, love that this year. Doom, yeah. great game. Game of the like, year, they both have horror. <laughs> they both have like obviously steeped in horror imagery, but like it's, I wouldn't class either as like horror games. And it's kind of weird mm. to sort of blur the lines. I think like fear probably did it really well but i can't think of yeah, many more off the top of my head that mm. managed to have like you know how you have like action horror in movies yeah. you've got like the resident evil movies i guess you've got resident evil itself like five of the six my mind goes like... to um clive barker's jericho which i feel like only yeah, like five people played point. but i used to love that it's um yeah i never really got you have all your weapons when you go in there but obviously there's a lot less ammo because you're killing these things that aren't dropping uh, uh, any sort of weapons and some of them have shields and you've got to think about it and then when you even when you go to the x-labs you you get this gun called the venom which is basically a gatling gun but the thing is you're still dealing with things that are so powerful mm. and also the x creations that you can sort of hear the <laughs> as they run around you sort of, you can sort of hear them clicking on the floor coming but you don't know and you don't know sort of where they're coming from. You've got to also deal with the other like massive super soldiers that are around the corner. So it's mm. we sort of managing that and the crypt as well. I forgot to mention it's like an Indiana Jones style set. There's loads, loads of traps and things like spikes come at the floor. You might fall into a pit. So you've got to worry about that as well as like defeating the Nazis as well as avoiding the zombie guys and flying ghost skulls. And it was just it was a whole trip. It was it was 2001, 2002, and it was just great. I think uh, gaming does. I was going to say, quickly say, I think gaming does body horror sometimes better than film because, mm. like, you need to yeah. rely on either a really effective practical effect in film, or you go down the CG route. And most of the time, it doesn't. It doesn't always line up. Like, there's for me, I still hold up 1982's The Thing is like the best creature feature thing ever. But it's yeah. like there's so many missteps. But in gaming, you just accept it because obviously everything is rendered the same way. I'm I was just going to say that that sounds exactly like Doom 3, what you described in there. And Doom 3 is really good yeah. survival horror, first-person shooter. And it's, I like that both of those franchises have at least that one entry that kind of leans on the horror like a little bit more. Because mm. the, like, I was thinking, you know, not to keep rambling, but Scott, you mentioned <laughs> the body horror there. Yeah. Like, I remember playing Quake 4, and there's that moment like at the beginning where like, your body gets like ripped apart and it's like replaced with, I think it's like alien <laughs> yeah. parts. And I remember playing that as a kid thinking, I did not expect this. Oh my God. Game. Yeah, if we talk about just random bits in games that you didn't expect that completely terrified you. The bit in Black Ops 3 at the very beginning when the um, the android horde, like your, your guy loses to them um, and you just get attacked by all these robots as they rip your limbs off. And it's oh. just like, what are you doing, Activision? Like you just get back to making crap for the love of God. Robocop in it. <laughs> and with that, we should transition to your last one, Scott. Like, um, I think you're the only one left that needs to give us... Yes, a my last one is the best horror of a generation. Don't at me, but you can if you want. I think it's Until Dawn. I think that is the most fun I've had with a horror game. In terms of sheer, you know, teen slasher horror, nice, like lots of twists and turns. It's so replayable. There's all the different ways that you can uh, get through the story, so different uh, amounts of the cast survive at the end. I just think that it's great. I either played solo. Me and uh, my wife played through it, but I think if you do it with a group of people as well, with everybody reacting to like, oh my God, this person just got killed oh my god the killer's in the background the whole time or like holding the controller completely steady while you're hiding from the killer as they slowly uh, explore a room and you're trying to hide in a wardrobe just it's everything that you love about teen horror made playable um, and i think that they completely execute on it and i love the mystery side of it too where some parts of it are in flashback you'll get you're talking to digital peter stormare as you do like a therapy session in the oh, future yes. but you don't know which character survived to do that story um, and then when you finally find out what that is it reframes everything else um, it's just so good man it's so brilliant and i i've only actually played through it once but it was so immaculate um that it's something like that when it's so choice heavy i tend to finish it like heavy rain style and just live with my consequences like these are 
are my guys that made it through. This is who died. Um, and this is what I'm going to live with. But do either of you even support the idea of Until Dawn being one of the best horrors of the generation? I have like nothing to add because you just <laughs> absolutely summed it up perfectly. I don't want to, want to repeat everything you said. Don't like, yeah, it's, it's the perfect, <laughs> it's the perfect um, horror game, either solo or in a party. Like it's the ultimate Halloween recommendation in my eyes. You've absolutely mm. smashed it. Cause yeah, whether you're playing with on your own and like a darkened room, or you're playing with a bunch of friends or one other person, like you're going to have a good time. Even if you've already played it, like I've played through it a few times and every single time, find something new to mm. enjoy about it. I think partly because you can kind of um, tailor the personality of the characters in a way, like all the choices don't necessarily add to some grand kind of diverging pathways, but you can mm. subtly alter the personalities of each character. So you can make people like more of an asshole, like the second time through, if you want. And that kind it's of also like, does slightly change the story. Yeah, it's probably like Cabin in the Woods style as well, where it's like, this is the jock, this is the nerdy yeah. guy, this is like the hot blonde cheerleader. And it's like, what well, do you have, like, do you want to have a lot of fun with those archetypes, those stereotypes, mix them all together and then throw in, like I said, this wider sort of revelation of what's really happening. And like, you know, you're all trying to survive in this cabin in the middle of nowhere. Um, but I just love the ride that thing takes you on. And I feel like even though people know the name, um, it tends to be not necessarily underrated, but just kind of overlooked. I don't know why, but I, don't, yeah. I hardly see anybody talk about it. But the people that have played it always have the reaction that we have, where it's like, oh my God, it's so good. Just play that game. It came out of nowhere and Supermassive literally made the perfect team horror game. And I couldn't believe when I finally got around to it because I, I, I watched, uh, I think, Giant Bomb play through it. And then mm. that got me to want to buy it and play. And I have played that game through like so many times. I did the whole, just play it through once on my own. I played it with a friend. And then I did the whole kill everyone thing because like, I mm. went for the platinum and just did everything I could. And I, it's <laughs> funny doing the let everyone die playthrough because I was just being a dick to everyone. <laughs> and I was just saying the worst things and letting people die. And then doing the everyone survive uh, one, and it's um, it's the blonde woman, the the the, the hot uh, like the stereotypical blonde it's woman. It's Hayden Panettiere from uh, Heroes. And um, oh no, there's no, there's another one who's meant mm. to be sort of a more sort of like not like a cheerleader, sort of cheerleader one. And she she's the most per- hard person to keep alive, and they deliberately make it hard <laughs> to keep her alive for the whole thing. Uh-huh. And it's that it come all the way to the very end when the um, something's happening, you've got to get everyone out of a situation, and you're just trying to. It's cut so quickly to everyone trying to save them. It's just, there are so many different levels of fun to the game, and I, I can't. Like, like you've said it all. I just can't say how great that is, and that what a perfect I'll say it again game. <laughs> That's all I've got for you. Well done, super massive, and it's got one of the best game moments ever because we all got monked at one point. So you know, <laughs> we did get monked. Yeah, just don't get monked, even though you can't help it. <laughs> And I think that is probably everything. Like we've um, we've gone through PT. We've gone back into like some old games like Wolfenstein. And Josh has brought some treasure troves and made me think of Kentucky Fried Chicken. And we've all got monked. But I want. I'm going to go and get a KFC. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one as well. Other chicken is available, but why would you? Um, so let us know down in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube. What are some of your favorite horror games? Or tweet us at uh, W Culture Gaming, WC Gaming. I will always get that wrong forever. And you can tweet or follow us uh, on Twitter. You can f- tweet or follow Scott at. Oh, I'm at slash LP89. And Josh Brown at. At Josh Brune with two O's. And me at Ben Returner. And just tell us that our picks are crap or tell us the ones you you love (laughs) and use the hashtag WCGP but until next time watch out for the monks bye
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.